I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Reports and uh, just fighting fire with fire here because, uh, as you would have heard, if you listened to Solo Pod or Solo Nick Pod on the weekend, he was uh, talking up his podcast now. They were very close to the numbers of what we've been getting on a Wednesday night. And you know what? I just thought I'd get um, the big guns in. And uh, joining me on the other end of the line is um, the man that can do seemingly everything, uh, Trent Copeland. How are you going? I'm going well, mate. Going well, yeah. Let's stick at the Nick. <laughs> well, mate, we can't really because he's sitting in the top 300 overall, or overall. So, oh yeah, that's true. That is true. But what a time to be alive! God 2.0 is back. He uh, is. We've got a Sheffield Shield final tomorrow for the Blues. What a time to be alive! It is, mate. So I know that you're currently camped up in a hotel room in Melbourne, and um, yeah, are you pumped? How, how are you looking? What's the uh, I know you, you obviously you think you boys are going to win, but uh, what's the feeling in the camp? Yeah, I mean it's it's exciting. I mean the day before any big match for anyone who's ever played any sport, it's exciting. Uh, there's a bit of buzz around the group, and we had a top up training today, and just literally pumped to get out there. Victoria, a very good side, um, but I don't think I've been in a team in this good a form for quite some time now. So. Yeah, we're hitting our straps at the right time of year. Excellent, and um, um, we'll be paying very close attention to it to see how how it all unfolds, and particularly yourself. And mate, you have been in sensational form this season. It's unbelievable. So, what are you you're going off at an average of about eighteen at the moment? Yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been nice taking a few few wickets, but more importantly, like those wickets, um, you know, and Sean Abbott taking seven for last week and. Uh, Steve O'Keefe taking a big bag of wickets at uh, Bankstown over against WA. The the wickets are coming in wins, which is hugely relevant and hugely important to us. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like the ball is coming out about as well as it has in my whole career, which is awesome. It is awesome. I'm just looking at the most wickets total at the moment this season, and I see that Jackson Bird's on top, but you have five less innings than him with 15 compared to 20. So, Mate, the bird is not the word in this case. It's all about Trent Copeland, and I think that potentially, <laughs> mate, you're um, you you well, I think you deserve a ticket over to to England this year, anyway. Oh, mate, that'd be unreal. I mean, first and foremost, let's win this Shield this week. But uh, it's anyone any cricketer's dream. I'm a cricket nuffy, uh, as you well know, and anyone's dream is to go and play in an Ashes series. But I'll be cheering the boys on regardless. You'll be there, mate. I have faith. I have faith. Anyway, should we uh, should we jump into what your real, you know, your first passion and your actual real love is, which is Supercoach, and that's the reason why 
you're here. Um, you're uh, you're a big fan of it. You, I know I'm in a, a side chat with you, and uh, I know that you, you absolutely love it. You're obviously on the the countdown show each week, and uh, let's get stuck into Supercoach. So, how about um, I know you do pretty well, but how are you going this year? Yeah, I had a bit of a stinker to start in terms of uh, would have been late 800s was the score. I picked the captain right, um, but picked all my reserves wrong. Uh, the one thing I took out of that round was no panicking. I uh, was happy with my team structure and generally the averages of all these guns, something that I'll stick by is that uh, if someone has a down week but they're a proven performer, they will undoubtedly turn it around at some point. Um, and I think that's a good message to live by when it comes to panic trades, which we'll get into a little bit later on. But 12-16 was the the result for this week, and I jumped about 40,000 spots. So I'm in about 9,000th overall, I think, and you're comfortably in front of me, mate. Yeah, I've been lucky so far. Um, it's an improvement on last <laughs> year anyway. So, um, yeah, I'm coming second uh, out of the uh, NRL Supercoach uh, talk contributors with nick flying at the moment um a, a league that you and i both in young legends league is 88th overall so that would be doing a lot better if i think tom sangster could uh lift his act and um start to improve his scores <laughs> well, i've been telling him that every week uh, i mean he swans around that office like he owns the joint um but yeah no, i'm sure his time will come his time will come and he's going to be a TV star now, uh, mate. He's going to be uh, joining the likes of yourself and potentially a future Logie uh, nominee, given that he's going to be featuring on KO. Yeah, what a fantastic result. Not just for the, the telly guys, including myself, that are, you know, there's a lot of hard work that goes into the product that everyone sees each week. There's so many articles that roll out. Um, but these guys just care so much about the game and um, not only fantasy, but. Um, but also the actual game itself um, yeah. and live and breathe it over a weekend. So, yeah, the fact that it's been picked up by KO is is unreal. It just means that more people have greater access. I think on a match night, you can sit there and literally go from our countdown show on KO straight into the live broadcast. And, you know, what a result to have us on the big screen. I mean, maybe not to look at me, but VK's eyes are going to look unreal on that thing. The male model from Bondi himself. <laughs> yeah. uh, excellent. And yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be jumping on board that with KO. That's fantastic. And at least somebody cares about Supercoach out there, mates, and uh, having access or believing that it has a little bit of, it builds a bit of engagement for the fans and the everyday punter. So that's, that's fantastic. All right. So before we jump into the meat of the podcast, let's just start to talk about some of the big news coming out of Teamless Tuesday yesterday um we're just highlighting a few things here but maybe we start with the dragons because corbin sims is back uh he makes his debut for them and that you know we we had initially thought that he might be coming straight into the starting side but he's going to start on the bench that means that blake laurie and jacob host will uh, retained in the starting side and, and both of those are looking um okay with probably laurie a little bit better from a super coach perspective uh, in price rises so that's good news for for owners and, and what about it um is there anything else happening at the dragons i think uh Ravalawa or mr lover lover is uh has held onto his wing spot but zach lomax might um you know might get a gig this weekend either way yeah, it sounds like Tim Lafay's in a bit of doubt. And, and if Lomax comes in, what a great opportunity for us to get a look at him in his preferred position. 
Um, we obviously saw him play a bit last season, but I think uh, ideally we get Lava Lava, as you call him, staying in the side, as well as uh, Ruben Garrick, who we'll talk about a little bit later. He keeps his spot in the side with Tom Trebojevic coming back in. Uh, these guys just need a couple of weeks and a couple of tries for us to then have the likes of Lomax uh, and a few other cheapies that are starting to pop their heads up. We can just perfectly time these downgrades and take that cash and, and get into some of these fallen guns that we're going to talk about as well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so moving on to the Raiders. And I guess initially it seemed like Tappany might be out for a little bit longer than just the two weeks, but he's uh, is not needing surgery, which is really good news for him and, and people that do own him. But unfortunately, that means that uh, the English revelation well, the gypsy man, John Bateman, um, switches from lock to the edge. And uh, we saw that had a bit of an impact on his base stats last weekend. Yeah, just the, purely not being involved as much around the ruck tackle-wise, but also when he's following up uh, the plays through the middle. But, uh, I mean, hopefully what we can see is that he maybe jags a few extra attacking stats in this couple of weeks. But, uh, I mean... One thing that we know for sure is that he's going to be a top four centre wing. So whether you get him in now and deal with the extra couple of down scores, you know, in terms of base stats, or you get him in later, it's not going to matter. You need the guy in uh, and you need to get him in as soon as possible. Yeah, completely agree. And at the Roosters, I really don't know what's going on there. I mean, they let's start with the easy ones. Jake Friend and Cooper Cronk are back, but... What is happening with Angus Crichton, their big-name recruit? He makes his way back to the bench uh, for Mitchell Orbison, who comes into the starting side after filling in in the centres last week. What are you making out of that, Trent? Well, I'm a Chooks fan, and I like uh, one thing that I do know and I see regularly from Robbo is talking about people needing to buy into their culture and earn their place in the side. This is a side that won the Premiership last year, they won the Club World Cup uh, or World Challenge. They're, this is a team that has been dominant and Mitch Orbison has played a huge role in that. So uh, I've got no doubt that eventually we're going to see Angus Crichton start and likely play 80 minutes, but uh, it's no shock. I mean, we had Minicello on the first countdown show before round one saying that he's going to start on the bench and he's going to have to earn his spot, earn his stripes in the squad, let the guys trust him. And I'm, I'm not overly surprised given the strength of that pack. Yeah. And that's, it does send a great message. I mean, he's a premiership winning coach and they've had so much success. So um, you've got to back him in when he makes a decision. And if this makes Crichton uh, hungrier than, than what he, uh, you know, could have possibly been after what is surely a very tough preseason, then, you know, that's only going to benefit the Roosters later on. Trump, Tom Trevojevic is back. Um, are you looking to pick him up straight away or are you thinking that maybe, just maybe, those hamstrings aren't 100%? Yeah, no, look, I, I, I that's one injury, probably other than calves, where I, I just can't go there straight away. I toyed with the idea of starting with Pangai Jr. when he was named to start in round one, uh, despite that injury. And you know what? I just couldn't do it, given the likelihood of you know, match intensity is just so hard to replicate at training, no matter what the sport. Um, and Tom Trebojevic, make no mistake about it, there's still no guarantee that he's definitely playing this weekend, let alone uh, you know going back to his gun-like ways. So 
Uh, I know Brendan Elliott has travelled to Christchurch with the squad and he's still a chance of playing. But for, for the sake of super coaches, uh, absolute gun. Hopefully he starts slow with a couple of uh, low weeks and we can pick him up a little later on. But great to see Ruben Garrick keep his spot after a bit of junk time points last week. Absolutely. I was definitely a little bit nervous there, but that's wonderful that he's held on to his position, and particularly after a very nice score last weekend too. And just maybe back on to Trevojevic as well. If you have a look at what the weather is forecast to be in Christchurch this week, um, a low of 13, a low of 14 over the weekend, that's certainly not the type of weather you want coming back from a ham- hamstring injury I could imagine yeah absolutely and I mean that's going to be a hot uh, contest in terms of the amount of emotion uh, pre-game I know that both teams are going out and doing a lot of work in the community after the tragic events recently and and you can only imagine the Warriors are going to be out for that occasion so uh, it's certainly not going to be an easy one for him getting back into it no it's going to be a special occasion to watch so I'll definitely be tuning in um, to catch that game. Uh, and all I've got here on the run sheet is there are mass changes at the Cowboys and Bulldogs because, frankly, I wasn't <laughs> prepared to have 20 players listed here. But both ca- both coaches have made a mark after poor performances last week and then for the Bulldogs' poor performances over the first two rounds. So the most super coach relevant... I mean, we're going to speak about Tomalolo in the next part, but maybe let's start at the Bulldogs because there's a lot of super yeah. coach relevant stuff there. Your boy... Reese Martin or God 2.0, as you as you uh, gave him the nickname of last year. Um, you got him, and you also got Nick Meany coming to the side. So I know you love him, but uh, what are your <laughs> thoughts now about Martin? He starts on the bench, which is pretty good news for us. Yeah, surprising, isn't it? Surprising. We look at a team list and we say thank you for starting him on the bench. Probably Dean Pay is one thing that he's done well for us this year. Um, look, I I think it's undoubtedly the uh, best team the Bulldogs have named this year. Nick Meaney, they signed for this exact purpose. But also, uh, I think Reese Martin, he scored two tries in reserve grade last week. Um, he was exceptional when he played last year in a well-beaten side most of the time. Uh, and I just think he's a hard-nosed first grader at worst, if not a representative player. So great to see him back in. I, I think, you know, Oakenbor, I don't know too much about him other than he's a big strapping lad in the Jamal Idris style of um, you know, he's how he plays his footy. Um, hopefully he can find his feet quickly because he could become a round 12 by coverage cheapy, which is absolute gold. Um, but there's a lot to like there in a team that's been well beaten. The one thing I cannot work out for the life of me is how did Kerrod Holland stay in that team? Unbelievable. Unbelievable there. Yes, um, I think it, you've been quite vocal and a lot of us have in our commentary over the weekends about um, the defence or maybe the lack of defence. But uh, yeah, potentially they don't have much uh, to pick from and Montoya as well hasn't been, um, you know, that hasn't really deserved his spot in the side as well. But yeah, huge changes there. Hopefully Martin has a couple of games on the bench with reduced minutes, which should be great. Um, you've got Harawirinara, who uh, has been named to start, and uh, potentially that's a good thing for Supercoach too because he's available as a dual position center wing, second row, um, priced around a very similar to Bateman and has um, quietly been going along 
uh, at around about one point per minute. So he's a player to monitor, obviously not from this week, but just a, a guy to keep on your watch list particularly. Um, the Cowboys. So apart from Tamalolo, is there anything that's standing out there for all the changes from a super coach perspective for you? Uh, one guy that I am interested in just purely on his talent alone is Jake Clifford. I think he's priced in the mid 300s from memory, uh, well above cheapy prices, but um, he's a guy who's dual position halves. Um, but if he kicks goals, that's the one thing that I'm really interested in. Yep. Um, if, if he's able to come into that side uh, with a, a pack that is albeit minus, you know, the best player in the competition in Tamalolo, um, but is still very, very capable of storming over the top of a lot of opposition big men. I think he's going to have a platform there for he and Morgan to be successful. So he's one to watch. Uh, the other one is Tamari Martin moving to fullback. I thought when Kahu, as much of a disappointment as he's been, when he was off with the HIA in round one, Tamari Martin looked unbelievable at fullback. Um, so he's maybe one to watch out for. But I think all in all, this is probably the best team structure they can name. Uh, minus the superstar in Tamalolo. Yeah, and JT, who's one of the uh, regular contributors on the side, he is a massive Cowboys fan and said that this is the side that they should have selected for round one, um, obviously including Tamalolo. But the only the only disappointing thing with Clifford is he's priced at 350k at the moment. So it kind of makes him quite aw- awkwardly priced, even though if he has the kicking. But let's just wait and see. Um, key injuries, we've spoken to Tamalolo, 6 to 10 weeks. It's an absolute shocker for owners, and he's a, a must-sell. Tapani as well, 1 to 2 weeks. Uh, we've also got Tim Laffey, which is potentially in doubt. We've spoken to him about the impact with Zach Lomax. Um, Moylan and Fecky have been training away from the main side as well, which I thought was interesting, and Fecky didn't play the final 25 minutes. Um, uh, so for people like myself who are owners of uh, the non-playing reserve in Cherry, then we're hoping that he does come into the side and, and produce the goods. And then Connor Watson, who has been listed as out today, so he won't play. And then Kurt Mann comes into fullback with Ponga staying at 5'8". And then Greg Inglis is also in doubt. So that's a one to, to monitor. And potentially that could see Corey Allen come into the side if he was ruled out. Now, last night as well, Sam Lissoni is um, ruled out for two weeks. Um through suspension, and, and that's good news for Lachlan Burr owners, isn't it, Trent? Yeah, absolutely. I was a bit surprised last week. Uh, do, do you own Burr? I do, yeah. Yeah, I was a bit surprised. He played the first 30 minutes and uh, played his customary role, scoring at a point per minute and looked quite good, and then wasn't to be seen again. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of – I wasn't that surprised because there was two hit-ups in a row where he dropped, dropped the ball cold. So as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, no, he's going to get dragged. And he did and um, didn't return. So, uh, But Papali only paid, I think, around the, the 25 to 30 minutes. So it's not as if Papali came straight back onto the field, straight onto the field and then Bird of Sydney just didn't feature in the rotation. So maybe either they got blown out in the second half and they didn't need to bring him back. But, um, you know, he was quite good in, in round one. It's great that he's back into the starting lock position. So hopefully he plays more than the 30 minutes this week. So I think that's all for injuries and team news. Did you want to add anything else, Trent, before we move into the main part of the podcast? No, let's get into it, mate. All right, so similar to last week, we're just going to uh, focus in on three key things, either their takeaways or what you know coaches and owners should be looking towards next week. And it's a huge week in Supercoach because this is the first week of price rises. So we've had two weeks of watching and waiting to see what's going to happen. 
And now after round three, that's when we start to see movement in prices. So it's really important to get the cheapies uh, and also the guns right. And that's where we're going to be focusing to start with. And the must-have cheapies uh, to have this year. So if you don't have these guys, they're the ones you're being, going to be looking into. I mean, Britton Decoro, probably don't spend any time on him. I think he's, I was shocked, 50% ownership at the moment. That is amazing. <laughs> what, are, what are people doing asleep at the wheel? That's extraordinary, and particularly given that he's dual position, you can have him in two spots in your team. Uh, yeah, he is an absolute no-brainer. This year's Billy Army kick-out, without yep. a doubt. Without a doubt. So I won't spend too much time there. Adam Kieran as well, and also Dylan Brown. I think we can um, pull those together. If you don't have either of those guys, they're obvious inclusions. Both have looked sensational um, in the first two rounds, and you've got Kieran... Uh, who scored 30 last week despite getting belted and then now faces the side that's conceded over 1.2 points per minute against 5.8 so far this season. So I'm expecting him to have a massive game. And then Dylan Brown has been a revelation along with the Eels. Yeah, absolutely. Kieran's in my starting 17 this week. Um, a lot of people may not know that, or I guess we've just spoken about it, that although it is a manly home game, this game is in Christchurch. Um, so I don't discount that when you're looking at, oh, no, he's playing away, let's not play him. I totally agree with your sentiment about Manly uh, giving up lots of points to halves. Um, and I also think that he just had a bit of the old second-game jitters last week, made a couple of silly mistakes, gave away a penalty, and it all just snowballed a little bit in about 15 minutes. Uh, he was able to claw it back and, and kicked another good um, goal from the sideline. I think he's just got the goods. Uh, he and Dylan Brown both look like the kids that uh, just have that knack, like Ponga did last year, the guys that just look calm and make the right decisions in the right moments. So I'm going to back here and in for a start this week over some pretty well-established players. Yeah, 100%. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he plays on that left edge and then Mamalo is is uh, out there as well. And he's been in unbelievable form this, this year. So that looks to be really, really threatening for the for the uh, the Warriors going down that side, I think with Green shifting to, to halfback, so he's playing on the on the right. Um, Ruben Garrick is the, the other interesting one. I mean, he had a shocker in the first game. He's held his place, which is fantastic. So his job security looks pretty good with Brendan Elliott going out of the side. Um, would you consider him a must-have if you didn't own him? I think I would. The only hesitation I would have is if you're a huge Albert Hopawati believer uh, and you think that he's getting close in terms of reading the tea leaves, in terms of his knee recovery from last season, that would be my only hesitation because at any stage, uh, Desi Hasler could pull the trigger and have a man that we all know, his talent is there and he's a he's going to be a gun first grader if you believe anyone who's seen the kid play. So... That'll be my only hesitation, but I'll tell you what, uh, albeit the first round stinker, uh, 62 in your second game is just about the ideal for a price rise cycle. So um, he's going to make some serious cash in the next couple of weeks. And if he can jag a try this weekend against the Warriors, not, certainly not the best defensive team, then we're looking at some huge rises. Absolutely. So he's got a break even of negative 34 at the moment. And, you know, with that, that uh, round one poor score roll, falling out of that rolling average, that's going to continue to stay high up in the negatives. Skip over a couple of guys here that have only played the one game, and let's move straight on to Blake Lowry. 
So um, he's been uber impressive, I think, over the first two rounds. He's starting at lock at the moment, played 50 uh, minutes, I think, or 45 to, for the 55 points, around about that. And then the week before, you know, that 40 minutes for 40-odd points. So he's traveling on at a fantastic work rate and, you know, looks like a, a, a really good super coach option, a guy that's going to produce your points in limited minutes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the possible downside is the lacerated testicle <laughs> to mm. Tyson Frizzell that uh, I thought was going to keep him out for some time, but uh, he's only a couple of weeks away and Corbin Sims has returned this week. Um, what I do think is that Laurie's earned that spot and he's played well enough in the opening rounds amongst some others that haven't, that he should still get 40 minutes at a minimum. And if he does get that, then he's still going to make some huge cash. He's only owned by 2% of teams at the moment. Uh, he's got a break even of minus 26 and you know, projected even with a score of 32 to make 45K this week. So uh, I think he is potentially a better option for 20K more than his teammate in Jacob Host. Yep, absolutely. So I've just brought him up on uh, my stat sheet at the moment and the reason why we don't have Jacob Host sitting in our list of players here is because his break-even just isn't that great. So negative five after two games. So he's only averaging 35 points uh, per game despite minutes uh, over 60. Uh, historically, his points per minute have been horrific, and that's continued on uh, into 2019. So he looks quite irrelevant for Supercoach, just doesn't get through enough work. And he missed a couple of shocking tackles last week, one which led... Uh, to a try, and it was just a, an absolute shocker. And, uh, you know, I, I'm with you. I think that Larry keeps his spot in the side. Sims comes in, and then so does Frizzell, and then we just, you know, see what kind of happens with that. So even if Larry holds on to those 40 minutes, he's still going to earn a lot of cash, um, you know, probably around about 120, 130K. Yeah, totally agree. I think of all the guys in the sub 250K price bracket, um, I would... Even have Laurie, you know, if he was guaranteed 50 minutes, I think I'd have him in front of Ghana as a buyer this week. That's how I, I love his work rate. I just love his trusted points. He plays in the middle and he gets you know, tackles and runs just for fun. So uh, I would say if anyone's losing minutes, it's definitely host. Uh, and hopefully Corbin Sims plays on the on the edge as opposed to exclusively through the middle. I really enjoy it when you uh, you get behind a player, Copes. You, you definitely de- develop a bit of a man crush. It's fun to watch. Yeah. Really. there's Well, uh, there's guys there. I mean, everyone's the same, what, whatever sport it is. You know, we play AFL Supercoach as well, but there's you know, NFL fantasy. There's guys like Todd Gurley that just every time you see them play, uh, it just whether you've owned them and you've won a, won a league against your mates with them or whatever it is, that's what fantasy sports is all about. That's what you know, bragging rights over your mates, but a, a vested interest you wouldn't wouldn't normally have had. They become your boys for twelve months, and it's fantastic. Just like my current boy at the moment, Dom Sheed from the Eagles. What a gun! Yeah, what a what a man. Straight in the guts. He's got a bit of swagger about him after that grand final goal. He does forty possessions of the weekend, one hundred and forty four super coach points for me. But we digress. Talking about the wrong sport. <laughs> let's let's now. Is it all coming up Flegler at the moment? It was um, it was maybe a bit of a you know fifty fifty selection, but um, he's been fantastic. Like that first first game, he only played ten minutes, but that that ten minutes is as far as an eye test go, he was brilliant. And then last week, 
Wow. Um, I I personally believe that when when Payne becomes available, uh, you know, from round five, I can't see Flegler getting dropped in the current form that he's in. No, I couldn't agree more. I wrote a story this week about, you know, in the cheapy Bible about Flegler playing so well that I I can't see a situation where Anthony Seabold, who's a man who believes in not pedigree, he believes in attitude, he believes in performance, he believes in culture uh, and guys that deliver when called upon in certain roles. Uh, and I, I cannot see any a situation where Flegler doesn't get rewarded for what he produced last week. They ran all over the top of arguably the best pack in the competition. This kid in his second game played 37 minutes of that. And he honestly looked the best player on the field, yep. probably bar Pangai Jr. for that period of time. Um, and that's, I'm not saying that lightly. That was, there's no tax on that. He was incredible. 65 points, but it all came really in base stats, 19 tackles, Six points in tackle busts. He had the line break as well. But have a listen to this. 28 points in H8s in 37 minutes. That's incredible numbers. That's like a 60-minute prop, those sort of numbers. Mate, incredible. So 49 points in total from base in 37 minutes. I mean, what else do you possibly want? And I love what you brought up against the Cowboys and how they just ran over them because they were embarrassed against the Storm. And then they've lost arguably their best prop for two weeks. And... You know, for him to really stand up when it counted, and if you look at maybe what a, a Joe Offengawi had produced, and you compare the two, Offengawi is looking at you know that massive contract coming up, and Flegler just you know showed him how to how to dominate the middle. I think with those, um, you know, with, with the numbers we're looking at now. Yeah, absolutely. I actually think the two base price props are probably the best buys in terms of. You know, yeah, it might be a slow burn, but both Flegler and McKaylee are two guys that I just think are so talented. You just watch them play and, and they've got everything in terms of a modern-day footballer, but also for Supercoach. So uh, it's it's heaven for us. So I've gone heavy guns and rookies with my structure this year and I've got both. I started with McKaylee and Flegler and I'm loving it. Yeah. And well, while we're speaking about it, let's just cover McKaylee. So he's got a break even negative five, was impacted last week with the HIA, the return from, but played limited minutes. He's another one that just, you know, absolutely passes the eye test. And, and I'm looking at at the, at a Larry or a McKaylee this week. There's a, you know, 60K or 50K price difference between the two. Um, you know, I'm tempted either way. I, I, at the moment, I don't really know what to, to do. Yeah. I, I think the, Concerning thing for me is, despite the talent, um, Matt Eisenhuth, I think, is equally talented in terms of what he delivered in first grade last year was exceptional. Um, and I think the fact that he's not in that side, but he's in jersey 18 each match day, uh, is a tough one for me to gauge. But given the Tigers are on top of the table, they've had two massive wins, and McKaylee's played a good role in both of those. I think he probably holds his spot for a few weeks. They come up against the Bulldogs this week as well. So who knows? They could be in a blowout situation where he gets extended minutes mm. uh, as opposed to some of the more experienced players needing to play a full game. So uh, it's it's coming up roses for those two youngsters, and I like both of them. Yep, I agree. I don't, I don't think you can go wrong there. Um, we've spoken about Lachlan Burst. We probably don't need to speak about him any further. The last one on the list is Jarvid Bowen, who has retained his spot uh, for the Cowboys and play his third game this week. He's been around for a while, so made his debut back in 2016 
uh, where he averaged 51 points in eight games. Uh, does he tempt you at all at $196,000? He looks to have you know, pretty much got that wing spot locked down for the Cowboys. He, he does have that locked down, but I don't think he can be spending money to a guy like Bowen in this current landscape. I, I think you've either got to go the base price or Luke Garner type, uh, Lake Laurie type cheapies in the forwards. Uh, or you got to go to a Braden Burns. Uh, I don't think there's any middle ground there um, when it comes to the centres. You've either got to get Britton Nakora if you don't have him, or it's Braden Burns. And a lot of people, I mean, he's the second most traded in player this week. Uh, I think you've just got to do that and steer clear of the other guys that are maybe going to be good, they're maybe not. Uh, and Javid Bowen falls in that category. I do agree. Okay, so that's it for that little segment. And we're just going to have a very quick break here and be back to talk about the underperforming guns and what to do with them. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So one of the one of the most frequent questions that I've had, and I'm sure that you have, Trent, so far over this week, is what do we do with those guys? The premiums, the the you know the ones we're expecting sixty to sixty five points per game that just have not been performing. We've got a list of guys in front of in front of us in our run sheet. Let's work through them and let's determine what we do. But I think overall, I mean, I'm I'm definitely a um, strong believer in not to trade guns. What about yourself? Yeah, I, I am, and I'm normally exclusive on that. I've got an interesting question for you come the end of this list about my own team and a, a discussion I had with BK and a few other mates this week about uh, Sam Burgess, who's the most traded in player, mm-hmm. uh, and how to get him from my team, which is guns and rookies, and there's not many avenues uh, to get him. But uh, I couldn't agree more. I, I think almost exclusively, unless someone's injured or they've had a significant role change, that it'd be remiss of us to advise otherwise. Yeah, no, I do agree. There's a couple of uh, players on this list with have definitely had role changes, playing reduced minutes that um, I think you can probably just say they're not a gun anymore, but we'll get to them. Uh, Joseph uh, Tapani, I mean, he's out for the next two weeks. He's he's a pod selection, um, what, average 63 points per game last year. He's only got an average of 20, break even 157. If you're an owner, are you holding or are you, or are you getting rid of? No, I think I'm a sell in that instance. Uh, I just wouldn't be so sure that that type of injury doesn't happen again, given the amount of contact guys have with catching balls, but also at the line in tackles, things like that. So the fact that he's a pod is really hurting you in that instance. If it was everyone on board and everyone had him, I'd probably think more about holding, but I think you've got to jump ship there. 
Yep, I don't have too much to add. James Tedesco was, uh, you know, the outstanding full-back selection this year after Tom Trevojevic went down with that uh, hamstring injury in the trial games. So he's been quite poor, particularly in the, the first game. Was fantastic for one half in the second. I think he scored 50 points and then didn't do anything after that. Um, break even 155. I mean, he's a classic example of just you got to hold and wait it out. He'll come back. Yeah, I've seen so many people saying to me this week on social media and my comments on our stories that he's going to drop cash. Who cares? Honestly, you don't buy Tedesco a bit for cash reasons. You buy him for the 180 that he scored against his current opponent this weekend the last time they played. He's one of my best captain options this week. Ooh. Just chill and calm your farm when it comes to Tedesco. Yeah, I mean, the just about the, the Eels. So they, you know, everyone's been talking him up and saying they're back they're in their 2017 form. But, you know, quite frank, they've got lucky, I think, against two competitors which have been anything but competitive. Yeah, well... And, and also, it's not like they're not conceding points like the West Tigers were at the start of the last season. Yeah. They're not super coach poisoned. They've won a couple of games, but it's been through their attack, not through their defense. And quite frankly, uh, James Tedesco is unstoppable against any opposition when he's on. So I really don't care who it's against. But I think at ANZ, uh, on what looks like it's going to be a sunny weekend... Uh, I'd be all over Tedesco, not only to keep, but yeah, as a VC option. He's currently my VC this weekend. Yeah, and I think if you are going to do that, it's probably the last time you can play that card because the Roosters do have quite a difficult run ahead with the Broncos, Sharks, uh, Storm, Dragons, and even the Tigers straight after that. So this is Teddy's week to shine. Yep, absolutely. Angus Crichton, we've spoken about him. Um, we didn't expect it, it off the bench, maybe just for one game, but it's, you know, it looks like it's something that's going to be pursued here. 155, are you holding him or moving him on, considering that you know, over the, there's no guarantees to what his actual position is in the club for the, you know, the, the immediate future? Yeah, look, I, I think that's one where it's team-specific. I think you need to have a checklist of guys if you've got them... It all locked off in terms of the right cheapies, everyone else that you need in terms of for feeder. Uh, I think Jake Trebojevic, Cameron Murray, Jai Arrow, probably Marty Tapao. If you've got all of those guys and Crichton and you're stacked in that area, then I think you can hold um, because you've got speculative players elsewhere that can make up the difference in points if they get across the line. But uh, look, my generic advice is that you've got to move um, until you see some good games playing 80 minutes and he's back starting, uh, I think he's probably worth jumping off and then get back on post-origin. Yeah, I don't know what I'd do if I was an owner, to be honest. I mean, um, I don't like to trade guns. We know that he'll come back, but it's a really tricky thing. Like He, he could play the next four rounds on the bench and then be you know have lost 150 thousand odd in, in value um and then you're just stuck so i don't know it's a very diff difficult decision for owners but um yeah if they've got other fires to put out first then i'd probably be doing that as you've alluded to let's um group these next two up um, both players that have moved to fullback this year and, and have been very disappointing so connor watson is actually out this week so you don't have to worry about trading him um but gareth widop um, you know, that shift of fullback, the, there was a lot of potential there, but we just haven't seen it um, come to fruition yet. And the, the Dragons have been quite poor. Yeah, they have. And I, I 
really cannot understand the rationale behind. Uh, I, I understand Matt Dufty is a good player. They've signed him to a long-term extension. Gareth Widdop is going back home at the end of this season. So they needed to sign him for the future. But that doesn't change the fact that changing your entire spine mid-game is just absolutely causing havoc to that team. No one's sure of their roles. This is only my opinion from a fan's point of view watching. It looks like people are unsure when to inject themselves or what their actual role is. And in terms of Gareth Widdop, when he was in the halves last year, he was one of the form players in the entire competition. Hmm. But with scores of 21 and 28, I mean, I can't see things getting too much better. Uh, they play the Bulldogs in a couple of weeks, uh, which is maybe worth holding out for. But, uh, I mean, his break even's so high, he's going to be priced at about 400k by that point. Yeah, the only reason why I wouldn't be trading him out is is what you've said about the Bulldogs. They also do play Manly, and then they've got the Knights, which is still a little bit of a, a work in progress over a three-week period. So um, that's a reason maybe to hold. But again, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm fortunate not to be in that position, so I'm not sure, but it's a very tough one. Uh, get your rookies in first, and then probably Widop's the next one on the list. Um Latrell Mitchell, so he's obviously been very disappointing this year, but spent uh, or played in the halves last week, so his poor performance is explainable. Um, would you be holding him, or is he someone that you'd be looking to move on? Yeah, no, he's one that I would hold. I yeah. think he will go back to his edge this weekend, and he's someone that can tear a team to shreds in the space of 15 minutes. So uh, much in the Tedesco mould, the Kalen Ponga mould, who's... A little, I'm jumping a little bit ahead here, but Caelan Pong is on the list uh, in terms of a disappointing start. I mean, he scored 60-odd doing basically nothing last week. Uh, and these guys in the space of 10 minutes, as I just said, were you know they're good enough to score 100 points in that space of time. So I think those guys you really need to hold. The class will come to the fore. Yep, agree. Well, let's just talk about Ponga quickly then. Um, so I... I... Completely in agreement with what you said. Uh, I think he scored 40 in the first week and, again, did absolutely nothing. So it's going to come. I think that if you did select him from the start, you had to have had some kind of belief that he was going to start off slowly given the position switch. But I I, I think it's going to click. And I, I think you'd be very, very disappointed with yourself if you trade him out. So I'm in agreement with you. Keep Ponga. Don't trade him. Now, talk about disappointment. Josh Hodson, what is going on there? I mean... He had um, 24 attacking points in round one. And without those, he's averaging close to 30. So for less than 30, 25 across the first two rounds, despite playing 80 minutes per game. Yeah, I think he's actually finding it really hard to get his hands on the ball, which is surprising given uh, you rewind two years ago and he was one of the Dalian favourites. Given his attacking prowess and the amount of try assists an influence he was having on the games. So I, I don't know what's going on there, whether the actual shift of Jack White into the halves is making it a bit harder for him to, well, I guess, inject at the right times. But, yeah, he's really down on form. And with someone like Robbie Farrar going through the roof, a lot of people are jumping sideways there. But it's going to be an interesting one to see who's that second hooker uh, behind Damian Cook come the end of the season. I mean, Cameron Smith hasn't set the world on fire, but you'd think that he's there or thereabouts. Who would you have as that second man behind Damian Cook? Well, I think Farrow is definitely the guy as long as they don't play a bench utility. Um, I mean, I was very keen on him in the 
um, pre-season. But, you know, it just always seemed like they were going to start somebody there or Reynolds is at least going to be on the bench to, to, to come off that role. So the decision that Maguire's made has been super surprising, I think. Um, and that could change any minute. So I don't know about Farah, but yeah, Smith uh, hasn't started the world on fire and then Hodgson's been such a disappointment. So if you eradicate those, and the guy that stands out for me is Jake Friend, who was fantastic in round one with over 90 points, um, made a, a heap of tackles, missed last week through injury, but is back this week. So he's the one to watch for me. Yeah, couldn't agree more. If he plays 80 minutes, I think he makes 60 tackles alone. Yeah. So uh, I couldn't agree more. The one concern is he didn't play 80 minutes regularly last year to manage his body to make sure he was right for finals. Then come round one this year, he played 80 minutes. He did play well, uh, but he got injured and then he missed the next week. So uh, if you're Robbo and you've got Victor Radley playing at lock anyway, uh, a more than adequate replacement for friendy to have a bit of a rest so it's a concern to me that friend will go back to a 65 66 minute role like he was last year don't disagree with that it's cook and nothing for me and i'd be surprised if a lot of people don't roll without that for the rest of the year okay the next guy we can probably move through quite quickly because i want to spend a little bit of time with the one the name after that but ryan james he had a huge score a couple of scores towards the end of last year which boosted his average i mean for me that he's not relevant unless he's playing in the middle at the age he just doesn't perform yeah i couldn't agree more he was struggling to even make round one with a knee injury as well which is probably why he started the season quite slowly but yeah not relevant for me and then we jump to the next one uh lachlan fitzgibbon uh did you start the season with fitzy i did mate i was uh i was believing the pong even trio was going to fire and it just hasn't yet i'm very very disappointed <laughs> Are you backing it in? I am. He's he's definitely a player that I just have to stick to. I can he can score a ton in any week, right? I mean, he's got base of forty two and thirty six, which have been really really poor last year. I think his base is around about the forty five mark, if memory serves me correct. Um, so he's down even on that. He played four less minutes due to injury on the weekend, but he looks right to play this weekend, hopefully. Um, so yeah, I'm expecting big things. But you know, as I've said the whole time, if Ponga click, clicks. And if you believe in Ponga, you have to believe in Fitzgibbon. Yep, I agree. One of our young fellas, uh, Liam Hatcher, who hasn't quite debuted uh, for the Blues yet, but he's a tearaway quick, uh, massive Knights fan. And last week when we were down in Hobart playing the Shield game down there, we sat together at the end of the game and watched the Knights game. And, jeez, the Knights fans are unbearable when it comes (laughs) to talking about these guys. So uh, you can only imagine... You throw uh, some super coach love on there as well. There's a lot of Fitzy fans out there. I'd be holding too if I had him for the record. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be concerning in a couple of weeks if these 40s keep coming the way. But he's, I mean, he's a gun, but I also just love the fact of owning him because, you know, he, can, he just gets put into that hole by Ponga any minute. And it's just wonderful to watch if you're, if you're an owner. So, and horrible to death ride him as well, both of those guys. Um, yeah, well, oh, sorry, just let me add on top of that. I think. Supercoach, I don't know your mantras in terms of how you build your team, but there's an element of you need the guys like Trebojevic, Arrow, uh, Marty Tapao, and even Cameron Murray to a certain degree for the safety. But you pick guys like Sean Lane and Lachlan Fitzgibbon to have the odd 40, but you do that and you cop that and you cannot whinge about that because you're then going to get the 120 that the other safer players often cannot reach. So uh, just something to always remember when you get a couple of stinkers in a row, 
just remember that that big one's just around the corner. That's what averages are all about. Yeah, and I mean, just even having a look at his stats last year, like he um, only scored over 60, 52% of the time. And if you compare that to what some of the other big uh, or premium second row forwards are doing, I mean, that's nothing near it. But it's just those massive scores over 80. Uh, I mean, he had two scores over 100 last year. He had three or four scores over 80. So it's those games that are really, really bumping him up. So, um, yeah, he's got it in him and it's going to come. And then, you know, he's going to be a bit of a pod for me. So I'm going to hold. We've spoken about Ponga. We're not doing anything there. Cleary was very disappointing in, in round one. I guess many of us saw it coming with the way that, you know, what was transpiring at the Panthers. He returned to form a bit last week. If you're an owner, you've just got to stick fat with him. Yeah, I own Cleary and I'll be sticking with him. I think he's the best half in the game. Yep. Uh, and I think once the Panthers sort themselves out, uh, I think no kick out on that left edge is impacting the scores. Uh, so once he's back on deck, and even Frank Winnerstein actually looked pretty handy on the weekend, um, albeit he's not a flashy player. Uh, but once kick out comes back and they've got their full side on deck, uh, I think they're going to be a lot more formidable than they are right now. But Cleary actually looked quite good on the weekend a couple of try assists and and look back to his best with the kicking tee so hopefully that's a sign of things to come i'm with you there uh the next guy is probably the well well for me is the one that if i owned him i'd be moving him on he's he's clearly got a positional change here which is impacting his super coach output output which is josh papali um he's only averaging 48 minutes per game this year compared to 67 and 79 and 80 and 72 in the past four years so uh, he's playing it prop rather than uh, either in the back row at lock. So he's a clear um, trade for me. Yeah, I think he may get a little boost in the absence of Joe Tarpany in the next couple of weeks with uh, Sutton coming into the starting side, but also the switch of Bateman to the edge. He may see a little increase and it might be worth holding on a little bit, but I'm with you. Uh, you don't buy those premium guns to play 48 minutes, albeit at a reasonable points per minute. But uh, I think the writing is on the wall for the season-long roll. So that two-week two respite may not be enough to keep hold of him. Yeah, and I mean, these are a lot of these guys, we've, or some of these guys we've mentioned anyway, are probably players that people have avoided from round one um, because of the positional switch as well, but still need to cover them before they get their big decrease in price. Uh, Cameron Smith, we've spoken about briefly. I mean, I don't think this is unexpected, an average of, what, 52 points per game. You know, he's very old now. The, you know, the Storm are going through Munster a lot more. Yeah, absolutely. And Brandon Smith is lurking. I've really enjoyed watching him play this year. And yeah. He looks an absolute star whenever he takes over the reins. What a luxury. Uh, it seems like they just have endless amount of stock down there. Jerome Hughes ready to go. Drinkwater looked like an absolute star in the preseason when it came to replacing Billy Slater and Brandon Smith for Cameron. So I'm a little worried about the minutes when it comes to managing Cameron Smith down the track uh, leading into finals, which no doubt the storm will be there. I'm with you there, mates. The the second last of our underperforming guns at the moment is Delhi Cherry Evans. So he's only on this list because of a, a poor score in round one of 22, but um, showed exactly what he could do last week with 81 points. And even if you look at last year, I think he had 33% of his game scored over 60, uh, yet he was able to average you know, over that 
uh, Woody averaged last year, averaged uh, 62 points per game. So that is super impressive. So it's rocks and diamonds with him. But if you're picking him, you know these small games are coming, coming but he's got a 160-point game just around the corner. Well, there's a man who's back in that lineup this week that'll make a huge difference. That's Tom Trebojevic. So yep. I think just in pure talent alone, he's going to bump uh, Daily Cherry Evans' average by five to ten points. Uh, they're going to score more points in general. And if Cherry Evans is still playing and still healthy, I think you've got to stick with him because he'll be at the forefront of that. Agree with you. And he also does play that first buy round as long as he's uh, not missing from origin. Uh, Martin Tapao, so he was disappointing in, in week one, but perhaps he was uh, hindered by a bit of a, an injury there and he returned to form last week to lift his, his average up to 58. I mean, he's, I think, probably going to be or definitely the, the the number two front row forward in the game. And if you own him, you just got to hold. Yeah, I started with Fafita and Tapao in my front row and I couldn't be happier, to be honest. I just, I know Marty Tapao is going to produce for me as long as he doesn't get injured, there's just zero doubt. You could probably throw Sam Burgess in alongside those two, given the jewels. Um, I think as the top three that everyone is going to need to aspire to getting into their side. Well, what a wonderful segue you've got there, Coates, because now we're going to go and talk about the trading targets, the main ones for this week, the non-rookies or anyone we've spoken to yet. Sam Burgess, number one. So when I pulled together this uh this run sheet today, he currently had 19,000 trade-ins uh, that saw was 17% uh, of all trades so far. So he's extremely popular and 120 points last week. He was absolutely massive. Yeah, he's, he's absolutely killing it. And I think just he looks refreshed in his face. He looks like he's got the world lifted off his shoulders um, but enjoying playing back on the edge, enjoying playing for uh, uh, the coach that seems to get the best out of him. When he's played for England, he's looked a different player as well in recent times. So, yeah, I mean, I'm all for it. Um, I've got a question for you about my own team. Yep. This is something that I would never normally consider, mm-hmm. uh, but I had an interesting conversation where a few, uh, I guess, facts were laid on the table. Jake Trebojevic to Sam Burgess, Pocket 100k, Sam Burgess has got a negative 13 break even, plays the first big buy round. Uh, next four games against the Titans, the Seagulls, the Warriors, and the Bulldogs. Uh, and that allows for someone in guns and rookies strategy like myself to make a Ravalava or a Corey Allen or someone of that ilk into Braden Burns as a starting center wing. What are your thoughts? I think you're a very brave man trading out Jake Tavoyevich in any case, but particularly with his brother coming back into the fold. Um, Yeah, I I would be, if I'm you, I'm looking at other ways to get Burgess in or I'm just not getting on the Burgess train. I I don't think you could trade out Tavoyevich is my own opinion. I know the cash is nice and I think I did it similar last year when with Widop traded him out, uh, I think for Cleary, uh, when his price is just astronomical. but yeah, I mean, I if I was if I was owning your side, mate, I, I couldn't sanction that. But, uh, but <laughs> don't, I don't worry, know. I can't I can't either, and I'm not doing it. But it was interesting, and that's it's where a lot of people's heads are heads are at this week. I've seen so many people cutting well-established guns just to get on the hype trains, and inevitably, I miss a lot of these that do end up skyrocketing into the semi-rad radras of. 
three or four years ago where they just keep going with it. Um, but to be honest with you, I think at some point in the next four to five weeks, people are going to be looking at uh, Sam Burgess scoring a 45 with the lesser base that he's currently got. Uh, and he doesn't score two tries in a game. And uh, I, I think we're going to be sitting back thinking that we're thankful that we didn't sell the likes of Marty Tapao or Jake Trevojevic to get him. Mate, I can't agree with you more. I think as I have discussed with a couple of people, if I've got a Nathan Brown still holding on to him, or if I've got a Jason Tamalolo, then sure, go get Sam Burgess. But uh, Or even if you've got the cash and you can upgrade a guy, that, a sleeper that just hasn't performed, then fine, go and do it. But never ever trade a gun because... You uh, smack the nail on the head there. If you look at his base, it's hovering around about 49 points per game. He's not going to score, uh, you know, he scored one try in round one, two tries in round two, and then had plenty of other attacking stats. I mean, that's not going to come. Yes, he's got an easy draw ahead, but yeah, it. I don't think he's a must-have. I think he's a fantastic trading option this week for um, an injured gun, but I'm not breaking my side to get him in. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. What about the next one on the list? Braden Burns. Jeez, he's huge good. increase. Wow. Jeez, huge increase in base stats and playing that left center. I saw an interview with uh, Greg Inglis on League Life last week on Fox, uh, talking about how much trust he has in the moves that have been made in, I guess, allowing him to reach peak fitness. Uh, but playing on the right edge, it, when asked about it, he was like, oh, I'll be here for the foreseeable future. Braden Burns is absolutely killing it on the left edge and that's his preferred position. So yep. I think we're looking at someone that's locked in on the most profitable super coach edge uh, there is in the game. Love it. Absolutely love it. And at that price of a 286, I think you need to make the move to get him in. But um, again, I wouldn't be busting my side to get him in, but... Uh, I mean, I'm going to be upgrading one of my um, one of my rookies this week to bring Burns in, and that means sacrificing Joe Offen Gowie to make that happen, which I'm comfortable with. Um, but you know, I'm not trading a gun to to get him in. But that's the only way uh, I'd be doing. It. I mean, I know that you and I have spoken a little bit about Kurt Capewell, but I mean, I probably wouldn't even be trading Kurt Capewell to him. What about you? Yeah, he's my literally my only avenue to Braden Burns, and I'm not going to do it. Uh, yeah. I think Kurt Capewell uh, gets a bit of a bad rap at times. Uh, I've actually heard quite a few people talking this week about him having no upside. Uh, you might want to go and have a look at the top 10 Supercoach scores in history because he's got one of them. I was on it, mate. Uh, uh, I was on it. <laughs> so I, I think uh, people often forget, and things like last weekend when he played another 20 minutes covering on a, on a wing mm. where he, I've – Heard you, I think I read in your team's analysis that he basically didn't score during that period. I couldn't agree more. He hardly touched the ball. And when he did, he ran for about two metres, didn't look threatening. That won't be happening every weekend. And I think he's got 80 minutes written all over him. Uh, and 50 at worst in the centres is pretty bloody good, I reckon. Mate, he's averaging four base points per game less than Sam Burgess. Yeah, that's a good point, isn't it? And people are going, no, got to get him out, got to bring Burns in. I mean, Burns is averaging 34 base points per game, which is fantastic. I think I said minute before, I meant per game. Um, so, yeah, again, don't don't bust it. I mean, I, I, when I had initially saw it, I'm like, geez, he was on 30 before upgrades. And I said, this is a bad selection. And then I realized that he played a lot of uh, 25 minutes of the game on the wing as well. And I go, wow, you know, to have 44 points there and, in effectively 50-odd minutes uh, on the edge, 
I mean, that's looking pretty good. So having him him and also a, a Bateman in the center wing, I mean, that's just giving you effectively, you know, average of 55 points per game across the two, which is a go- absolute godsend um, for what, you, what you're trying to do with the rest of your side. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think Bateman and Capewell are going to be my linchpins in that area, along with Nakora, yeah. uh, who at the moment I've got in my second row, but... Uh, as soon as Corey Waddell plays his second game, who we didn't touch on, but I think he's going to become a really good trade target next week. The coach yep. loves him. He would have played round one if he was healthy, and he came straight in and played 40 minutes at a point per minute last week and is at base price in the second row. So I think he's going to be one that will end up playing in round 12 as a cheapie, uh, and a lot of people can maybe eke a little bit of Ravalava's cash this week. Uh, and then maybe go down and pocket 20 or 30 grand. That'd be the ideal situation. Uh, And I'll be bringing Nakora down at that point. Uh, Absolutely. That's a, that's a very smart move there. Robbie Farah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like, but four tries so far this year is just incredible. 120 points per game. Um, A freak of a performance. I thought after round one, and he's just doubled that up in round two. He's a, he's a pretty um, tasty option for Josh Hodgson owners. Yeah, I think so. And I, I would be monitoring him very, very closely if I was a Hodgson owner in terms of, you know, it's a huge upgrade in terms of points output this season. Um, but that I always just think back to, he was playing reserve grade uh, a couple of years ago. And on the outer at that club, moving to the future, I know they've got different coaches in now, but I tell you what, when he's playing 80 minutes, there's never been a doubt that he's a super coach stud. Zero doubt. So if he's locked into 80 minutes and Maguire's talking like he will be, Jesus, bloody tempting. I don't have an avenue to get him into my team. I've got Cook and Reed Mahoney in my side. Uh, and I mean, I'm pretty happy with those two at the moment, but she's I can see why guys attempted because the point scoring upside is really there. Absolutely. I mean, when I had a look at the the, the prior year's stats, um, he was definitely a guy that I was like, oh, geez, I wouldn't mind picking him as a bit of a pop. Got shouted down by Nick and a few of the other boys. Wilfred mainly, who said, you can't do that. I mean, if you look at um, when he went to the Tigers last year at 92-97 in 80-minute games, and then he had a couple of poorer scores, but then another 74-67 and a 58. So he delivered last year in the 80 minutes. So you're right. As long as he's playing that, however, the concern for me is Josh Reynolds, who has been performing very well in the twos. And then obviously Liddell, who they see as their future long-term hooker. So um, and he's also old. So you don't know how his body's going to uh, hold up. But yeah, he's been fantastic. And I, I can't begrudge the 10,000 odd people who are looking to trade him in at the moment. All right, let's 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 move through the, the next three quite quickly. Jai Arrow, I mean, I would have him at the top of this list if if um, I didn't own him. He's an absolute must given his price and then what he can produce if given minutes. Absolutely. He was incredible last week. 110 points in 60-odd minutes. And if he plays 65-plus minutes, uh, I think when I wrote the captain's article this week, I had a stat on him that, he is at 1.4 points per minute in his career. Yep. That is next level good. Like, it is a no-brainer. If, if he's getting 65 minutes from Garth Brennan, I think he's probably the best super coach player in the game. 
that's that's huge saying that given how good Damien Cook was last season. But uh, I would say he could average 85 or close to 90 if he played 70 plus minutes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I um, ran the this, this similar stats for like a, what a projected average would be for him this year based on the matches last year that he played over 60 minutes and was coming out at around about 85 points per game. So um, injuries, fitness, that's always been the issue. It was so frustrating last year, but he's a, he's effectively a locking captain every week almost um, with just the amount of work he gets in. So if you don't own him, you've got to get him. Corey Oates has been sensational this year with back-to-back tons. I think he looks really, really good on that edge again, which for the Broncos looks like it could be damaging for Supercoach. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they look like they're about to burst. Milford has been chugging along without setting the world on fire, but still scoring okay. Uh, And Oates looks like he has probably the best base stats of any pure winger. Um, I think probably he and Fergo... In terms of their work rate and their tackle busting, they always run over eight metres every time they run the ball. Um, and then you add on the kick returns to that, plus the tries. I can see him hovering around that you know, 450 to 500k mark all year. So if you back him in to be that leading try scorer type guy um, and you're backing the Broncos to be successful all year, then I don't mind it as a pod. No. I really don't mind it. And I'm normally not like that. So he's really impressed me. Yep, I agree. And, you know, his base has been really good, um, but still just a little bit below the 30. One guy that stood out to me this year is Ken Marlowe, whose base is at 37 points per game. Crazy, isn't it? And Unbelievable. I tell you what, don't they breed them tough over there, those Warriors wingers? Uh, out of the Manu Vadavai notebook, I guess. And, yeah, he was super impressive last weekend. Uh, and a lot of people I know, Wilfred was talking about. Uh, he almost jumped on him last week. But I think he's probably one that's priced a little awkwardly for me. I'd be going the Braden Burns route and keeping the 80 or 90 grand that you've got on top there if I had a choice. No, I agree. I think if Braden Burns wasn't around, that I, I would be very tempted to do the trade that I'm doing this week. But then to Mel Marlo, um, he looks like a fantastic option with those base stats. Uh, John Bateman, we've, we've touched on him and he's been covered to death. If you don't own him, he's another fantastic option given um, the minutes that he is going to play at lock uh, once Tappany comes back and 400,000, you're not going to get him any cheaper. He's potentially a 550,000 plus player. Um, the last name on the list that we just we have to talk to because he just missed the cut in the, the rookies is Luke Garner, who... I'm happy, happy to admit I got it wrong. I did not see this coming. Um, he's the second highest averaging West Tiger at the moment. Yeah, it's pretty incredible, to be honest with you. And his points per minute has actually been quite impressive. Uh, you look at his numbers and you would expect, oh, he's played 80 minutes both games. He's actually played mid-60s. Um, so it's been impressive. And he missed out on a junk time try that Michael Cheekham scored on the weekend, which could have made it even better. Uh, so... Uh, I would say, yeah, I'm with you there. I didn't start with him. I didn't back him in. I told a few people to stay clear of him, actually. Um, And, yeah, I think he's a solid buy that you can really rely on in what is a pretty murky, cheapy front row and second row situation. 
Yeah, average base at around about mid forties for a sixty average edge fo- edge forward is um is fantastic and and that left edge for the Tigers looks threatening. Uh, Brooks and Farrah both love to go down that side, which isn't great as a Ryan Madison owner who plays on the right hand side. But um in any case, Garner looks threatening for a try basically every game, and with those base stats, he looks like a fantastic proposition. Break even negative forty four, so he's going to see some very handy price rises. Um. I think that's it, mate. And I know you've got a shield game tomorrow. I really appreciate it. Or not a shield game. You've got a shield final. So, um, <laughs> really, I know it's uh, quite late where you are at the moment. So, thank you so much um, for jumping on board. Uh, you're a big fan of the site and everything and, and just appreciate it. Um, is there anything that you wanted to, to give a shout out to or run through before we close it off? Oh, no, mate. I just, uh, I mean, pleasure to come on. Always happy to help out. You guys do wonderful work on the site, supporting what we do um, at the Daily Telegraph, but also the game in general. Love it. And you put in a lot of time and effort. So well done to all of you. The money raised um, from the preseason program, things like that, you know, tip of the cap to all of you for the work you do. And then just finally signing off, I cannot wait to get Reese Martin back into my team. That moment that he drops to about 450k and becomes a starting player you watch him become my captain article headliner every week copes as captain say or or uh, maverick as i'm going to call you from now on uh, there's stitch ups coming everywhere these uh, days channel uh, seven cricket and then these guys they're all comedians aren't they these guys <laughs> with uh two dollar photoshop apps Oh, it's fantastic. Well, just don't get on the wrong side of uh, the uh, the great cricketer boys because you don't want to be stitched up by them. No, well, that's true. I've, and you've seen uh, a couple of those live shows and it's certainly in the reckoning. So anyway, <laughs> no, thanks for having me on. Love your work and uh, good luck to everyone this weekend. Pick the right captain. Definitely. And good luck to you, mate. Go the Blues. I hope you um, have a fantastic next five days and um, come home with a victory. Good on you, mate. Thanks very much. All right, guys. Thank you very much for downloading and uh, we will speak to you next week. Cheers. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.